You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, we're glad that you are here today, and uh, we look forward to opening God's Word now. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John uh, chapter 1, as we take a look in the first message in our mini-series, we call him Jesus, at the Word, the Word, uh, and he is eternal, and he is Jesus Christ, the Lord. Uh, Jesus, the name, is almost a four-letter word in our society today. Now you can talk about virtually anything else, but if you talk about Jesus, you get shut down in the workplace, you get a shut down in community, you get shut down all over the place, but you can name any other name, but the name of Jesus. But the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. We call him Jesus. We've been singing songs about the names of God in Christ and... Um, It's a great opportunity during the Christmas season to stop and take a moment and refocus about what all of this is really about. You see, it's okay to have family come over and um, have a turkey fest at your house. I'll eat, I'll, I'll eat everyone in our family under the table when it comes to eating turkey on Christmas. There's no doubt about it, and uh, no one's even going to challenge that. So, um, But we have family that comes together, and we have a great time with them, and, and we go out there. Some of you are really in the middle of it right now. You're out spending money you don't even have, shame on you, but to get Christmas presents so that there'll be something from Santa underneath the tree for everybody, and you know we're going to party, and we're going to have a great week, and that's okay. That's not wrong. It's good for us to get together. It's good for us to have fellowship with one another. It's great when family can get together. And all that I would ask in the middle of that and saying this to myself is, don't lose sight of what this is really all about. Don't lose sight of the one who came. Don't lose sight of Jesus. You have to try and imagine what Mary and Joseph must be thinking just a couple days before the birth of Jesus Christ. Mary has had the visit and has heard the the words, and we're going to hear them in a moment, and she's pondering all of these things in her heart. And uh, Joseph has already worked his way through, what am I going to do with this woman? I was engaged to be married with her, and now she's pregnant, and what am I going to do? And it's just a couple of days. If they're not in Bethlehem, they're on their way to Bethlehem. And they're considering, pondering, thinking, wondering, what is this all about? In Luke chapter 1, you just listen, verses 32, 33, it says, and the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no no end. And to to Joseph, in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, it says, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. Christmas is all about Jesus, and it's all about getting Jesus right. It's all about understanding who he is and why he was coming and what he would, what he would accomplish. Each of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, takes a little bit of a different angle as they present who Jesus was. In the book of Matthew, it shows Jesus come from Abraham through David. He is the Messiah promised in the Old Testament. In Mark... Mark shows Jesus come from Nazareth, demonstrating Jesus is a servant. In Luke, Luke shows Jesus coming from Adam, demonstrating that Jesus is the perfect man. In John, who we're going to look at, John shows that Jesus came from heaven, demonstrating that Jesus is God. So you've got your Bibles open. Let's stand together. We want to honor God as we read his word. And I'm going to read John 1, uh, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your Word that we hold in our hands the word that was given in Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the privilege to come and worship together and lift up your name. Your name, a strong and mighty tower. And we call him, we call him Jesus. Father, we pray that as we look in your word today, you would give us ears that we might hear and listen, minds that we might understand the depths of what your word is saying, and then hearts, Lord, that we passionately would live out because of this one who has come. We call him Jesus. Lead us through your word. Do a work in this place. The only way we can explain it is, God, you did it. Do it for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. You can take your seats. Well, Genesis 1.1, the first verse, verse of the Bible says, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus Christ was in the beginning with God. He was God. We're going to see he was the creator. And so the first point we want to take a look at is just simply God. The word was God. Jesus Christ is God, the second person of the Trinity. He has uh, the attributes ascribed to him. He demonstrates the power that is reserved from God, that one who can heal, one who can do miracles, one who can raise the dead, one who can raise himself from the dead. Jesus Christ is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Some say that Jesus was just a good man. And he was a good man. As a matter of fact, he was the only good man. But he was so much more than that. Some say he was a great prophet, and he was a great prophet, but he was more than that. Some say that he was a phony, and the whole thing is really just bogus. And all of you who believe in him, he's just a crutch for you to lean on. You better believe he's a crutch for me to lean on, because I fall flat on my face without him. Uh, Jesus Christ was not a phony. 
Uh, Some people believe that this verse says that Jesus Christ wasn't actually God, but rather he was a God. He was a God. Uh, The people who meet across the street, they don't believe that Jesus Christ was God. Uh, They believe he was a God. They believe any time that you refer to God, you should refer to him as Jehovah, even though the Bible refers to God by many, many other names. Uh, They don't believe in a trinity because because the Bible doesn't use the word trinity. Uh, But the Holy Spirit and God the Father and Jesus Christ the Lord are taught all throughout Scripture. And they don't believe that Jesus Christ was God. They believe he was a God. When you get Jesus wrong, you get it all wrong. When you miss out on who Jesus Christ is and what he has done and what he has accomplished, you walk out with no hope and you end up with a place that, well, if Jesus Christ can't save me, if Jesus can't deal with it all, then it's back on me and I need to take care of things. And that's in fact what they do and what so many people in the world do. People are trying to reach out to God and do whatever they can to get to God. And we're gonna see that Jesus is the way, the only way. And Jesus Christ was not a God. I'm going to take a minute and talk about that today because it's important that we be ready to give an answer to any man that asks you for the reason of the hope that is in you. But it's critical that we understand that Jesus Christ wasn't just a good man or a good prophet or a God. He was God. He was God. The people who like to say he was a God like to use the argument. They use this. This is the technical part of it. There's no article. There's no article before the word God, and therefore it's just a God. Technically, that's true. There is no article. And, uh, but here's the problem. You've heard me say it around here many, many times. Context, context, context. What is the Bible saying? What is being communicated in this text. And you can't just yank out one little thing to make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. If you do that, you can make the Bible say whatever you want. You can make the Bible to tell you to go to Pizza Hut for lunch if you want to yank out stuff and make it say what you want it to say. The Bible says what God meant it to say. And the Bible in John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But even with that, they're taking and using the Word and pulling it out and making it say what it doesn't say. You say, can you prove that? Well, I wouldn't have said all I just said if I didn't think I could. Jesus Christ was not a God. He was God. The argument falls apart in verse six of the text where it says, there was a man sent from God. No article there either. He wasn't sent from a God. He was sent from God in verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in the name, they gave the right to become the children of God. Not the children of a God, the children of God. In verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so every time, even in John 1, in these first verses, it's not talking about an an article missing, so it's not really God. Every time, it's talking about God. And in John 1, 1, referring to Jesus Christ, he is Almighty God. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Same thing. Over in uh, chapter 6 and verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Not a God, God. Um, Over in Luke, Uh, Chapter 
Let me get the right reference for you. Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overcome you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Holy, the Son of God. In Romans chapter 1, verse 7. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints... For in it is the righteousness of God revealed, verse 17, from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The Lord Jesus Christ is God, God Almighty, the Holy One. The people that the Watchtower even quotes as their authorities have denied what they say they said. Dr. Manti, who was one of the people quoted as uh, one of the great um, Greek authorities for what they were saying, has said this, a grossly misleading translation and neither scholarly nor reasonable, excuse me, it is neither scholarly nor reasonable to translate John 1.1 as the word was a God. But of all the scholars in the world, so far as we know, none have translated this verse as the Jehovah's Witnesses have done. A second authority they had by the name of John uh, Johannes Greber in a little book called The Word, Who Is He? Um, Johannes Greber was not a Greek authority. He was an occult practicing spiritist who they quote. And my goal today is not to pick on somebody. My goal is for us to understand how critical this is. When you get Jesus wrong, you get it all wrong. Jesus Christ, he is God. We need to love people who don't understand that. We need to care for them. We need to be passionate about what we know and what we understand. And how long should you stand at your front door arguing with somebody about these things? You have to decide that. But the reality is we need to bring the truth and the reality in our lives is I don't change any hearts. I can't change your heart today. If your heart gets changed as a result of being here today, it won't be because I did such a great job. It'll be because God's spirit works in your life and changes you. If you've trusted Christ, you already understand that. You were walking in your darkness. You were, didn't, you were an after God, and somehow you took that kick in the head that comes when God starts to work in your life, and you trusted Christ. He does that work. And so whoever we're talking to, whatever their background is, our job is to bring the word and be faithful to the word. And if God gives you a passion for a group of people and you work more deeply with them, God bless you and stay with it. But Our job is not to convert anyone. Our job is to bring the gospel, bring the truth, to know it, and share the good news of Jesus Christ. We call him Jesus. He was the word. He was God. He is God. Second thing I want you to see is found in verse 2. In John chapter 1 and in verse 2, it says this. He was in the beginning with God. In the beginning refers to the timeless eternity. John, Genesis 1.1, I already quoted, it says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. At the beginning, God already was. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. It's just true. In the beginning, God. Jesus Christ wasn't created somewhere along the line at the beginning. We're going to see that in the moment. But in this verse, it says, he was in the beginning with God. God before the beginning. That's who Jesus is. When the beginning began, the, the word, Jesus Christ, was already there. In John 1.1, 1, 1, that word 
word. In the beginning was the word, is the word logos. It meant a lot to the Jews and to the Greeks. For centuries, they'd been talking and thinking about the word. The Greek philosophers saw the logos as the power which puts sense in the world. And so as they were thinking about the word, as, as Peter writes it to the secular mind, you're saying, this one, Jesus Christ, is the one who makes sense out of the world. That's exactly what he was saying. And so they're like, oh my goodness, that was an amazing claim that Peter was making when he was talking about Jesus Christ. The Logos was the power that set the world in perfect order and kept it going in perfect order. The Logos, the word, was the ultimate reason that controlled all things. And so as Peter, as, uh, as John is writing this and he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He says the Logos. John's saying the one who made it all, the one who put it all together. This is who we're talking about. He was before the beginning. Let's flesh that out a little bit in the next point in verse three. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Something made everything or nothing made everything. That's really what that verse is saying. Either something made everything or nothing made everything. Either God came and from the dust of the earth created Adam and formed him and made him or a blob of goo formed and you are the result. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John Piper had a thing on Facebook. I, that's where I found it today. And again, I'm not picking on the Jehovah's Witnesses in this. It was just a, it was a way to explain the fallacy of what they believe on a napkin. And so if you want to find that, uh, you can probably go to his website or go on uh, Facebook or just find me on webs, uh, there because I, I posted it up there and you'll see it. And um, he, he talks about this. He says, um, he says, really what you need to do is like put two squares on a napkin. And in the one square, you just need to write, all things that never came into being. We're going to make a list of all the things that never came into being. And then on this side, we're going to make a list of all the things that came into being. Okay, so what are all the things that never came into being? God. God. He's the only thing that goes in that box. God is the one. God is the one in that box. All things that never came into being is God. All things that came into being are all the things that God has made. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ was the creator of all things. He was at the beginning. He was in the beginning. Everything that was made was made by him. He wasn't made because he is God. Paul wrote in Colossians 1, 15 to 17, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him... All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. 
Revelation 4.11, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed, and they were created. The Word, the Logos, Jesus Christ, created all things. He himself is an uncreated being. With God the Creator, it's all or nothing. It's him, or it's whatever else it is. It's chance. It's, in the beginning, God. Well, verse 4 and 5 talk about God overcoming the darkness. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In him was the life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And we're just going to dance around in this text for a minute. Let's talk about light and darkness for a second. I looked up, looked up in the dictionary. It says light, the agent that stimulates sight, that makes things visible. And darkness is the absence of light. And so if those are kind of just two true principles, then what a great picture of Jesus Christ. Uh, there I am, loving darkness rather than light. And the light shines in the darkness. It's a great picture of Jesus. The agent or the one that stimulates sight and makes things visible. Uh, People who are living in their sin don't even care that they're living in their sin. They don't even realize that they're living in their sin. They don't understand the destruction that's happening in their life until the light of Jesus Christ shines on it, demonstrates our separation from God, our hatred for him, our desire not to even go after, to follow after him, and then what he does in shining the light. If you were to take all the lights in this room and cover up the little bit of glass we have here and turn everything off, it would be pitch black. It would be dark. And you flick on one light and the light illuminates and now you can see around and you can see. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did. But we live in a world where people love darkness rather than light. That's why people fear the dark. I'm 56 years old. I still like a nightlight in our house. Call me a pansy if you want. But I don't want to stub my toe in the middle of the night. I want a little bit of light. But man loves darkness. Why? Because his, his, his deeds are evil. He doesn't want the light. What the Lord Jesus Christ offers, man doesn't want. That's why Jesus Christ is an offense. That's why the gospel of Jesus Christ is an offense because man doesn't want what Jesus Christ has come to give. Man loves what he has. Man loves what he wants. Man loves what he's going after. Man does not love what Jesus Christ offers to us, which is the light. It says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Those aren't simple words. Those aren't just, you're just throwing out some words to think about. Um, John uses some very specific words here. He says, in him was, was life. He uses a Greek word. It's spelt Z-O-E, zo. And it means the life principle. 
There's another word he would have used if he was just saying in him was the person who, who creates babies, makes biological things. He would have used the word B-I-O-S, bios, which we get our word biology from. And he didn't use that word. He used a much bigger word, a much stronger word when he was talking about the life that has come. In him was life, the life principle, the one who makes sense of all of it for us. In him was life. And that life was the light. It was the light. It was the light that takes dead men and makes them alive. It's the light that shines in the darkness so that we can understand who Christ is and what he has done for us. Therefore, without Jesus, we're dead in darkness. We're lost. And we're afraid. Turn your Bibles one page over to John chapter 3. One of the most famous verses in the Bible, but then that whole text. You need to just listen as I read it in the context of life and light. For God so loved the world that he gave a son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked thing hates the light and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life No man comes to the Father except through me. I am the life. And the light shines in the darkness. In the book of Acts, in chapter 4, 12, it says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We live in a world that's like pluralistic, You can get to God your way. You just find your way. Okay, here's the problem with that. It goes right against what God said. It goes right against what Jesus taught. And we do not believe that. We believe there's one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. All of your good works, all of your good efforts, all of the things you might do, they're not going to be enough to pay the price of what separates you from God in your sin. You cannot do it because you can't do it perfectly. And so a sacrifice had to be made. Jesus Christ had to die so you could have eternal life. And Christ came and paid the price, hung on a cross, died, was buried, rose again as the receipt, the proof that who he said he was and what he said he would do. He came and he overcame the darkness So is Christianity an exclusive religion? Yes, it is. Because it's what God's word says. I don't make that stuff up. It's not like I get a bigger cut if we are the only way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through 
me. So your good works or the things you've attained or the things you're going after or the other path you're trying to walk on. It's appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment, it says. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess one day that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so the question for all of us today is uh, what have you done with Jesus Christ? Or what will you do with the claims that you hear when you think about why Jesus came? We call him Jesus. It wasn't just about coming to be born of a a virgin in a manger and, oh, isn't that cute? It was all about why he came and why he came was so that we could have life and we could have it abundantly. And every person in the room has to decide, what will I do with Jesus Christ? Will you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved? Or will you walk away and wonder and one day stand before God and he will say, sorry, I never knew you. Remember that day when you were in church, when you heard the gospel? Remember when your mom used to tell you the stories? Remember when you used to go to Sunday school? Remember all those times you heard about the Lord Jesus Christ and you chose what you wanted because you didn't want what was being offered in Jesus Christ? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's just, it's simply understanding I'm a sinner separated from God. There's nothing I can do to fix that. Jesus Christ did that for me. I believe. Turn in repentance and in faith. I don't earn it. I don't work for it. I don't deserve it. It's God's gift to me. Because Jesus Christ has overcome the darkness. I believe it was James McDonald who said this, if, if I have everything but Christ, I have nothing. If I have everything but Christ, I have nothing. If I have nothing but Christ, I have everything. If I have everything but Christ, I have nothing. But if I have nothing but Christ, I have everything. Hey, you're not that different than I am. We all like to have the toys. We all like to have the stuff. We all like to have it all together. We all want all the toys, all the things, all the pleasures. We want it all now. But if you have those things and you don't have Christ, you have nothing. Believe on the Lord and you will be saved, the Bible says. In him was life, and the life was the light of man, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Maybe where you are in your walk right now with Christ, it's a, it's a dark time. It's a hard time. The darkness does not overcome the light in your life. It can't. The light is there. The light cannot be driven out by the darkness. Yeah, I make, I make decisions that I'm living like the darkness. I want what I want. I, I get selfish. I get all those things. But the light of Jesus Christ still shines in me. He is my hope. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the light never gets defeated by the darkness. That's a hope, and it's in the text. And it's for you 
dear one, even in this Christmas season and you're overwhelmed with nobody else knows the Lord, I'm by myself in this and you lean on each other, but lean on the Lord and lean on his word because the darkness is not going to win. We win because the light overcomes the darkness. Well, so what? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's critical. Get Jesus right. If you're here today and you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, get Jesus right today. Believe, be saved. Follower of Christ, get Jesus right today. Think of the claim that he has on your life. There you were in hatred, separation from him. And he came and he gave his life and you turned in repentance and faith and you are following him perfectly not perfectly, but moving forward day by day, step by step because of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for us. Get Jesus right in your life. Put him in the place he belongs, on the throne, in first place. He is God. He was before the beginning. He was the creator. He knew about you before you knew about yourself. God, from the beginning, the creator the one who overcame the darkness that separated you from God and gave you life. He was the light of man. Eternal God in Christ took away my sin. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Hey, guess what? That's all of us. Nobody in the room. Sometimes people like to say to Christians, oh, you think you're better than me? You think you're better than me? Are you kidding? I don't think I'm better than anybody. I'm just a person that has seen what Jesus Christ has done because he made me alive. That's the only difference. I'm not better than you. You might be way more skilled than me. You might be more gifted than I am. You might be a lot of things. Here's what I know. When we, when we stand before God, it all gets equaled out with what did you do with Jesus Christ? What did you do with him? I'm just a lost person who trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, as many of you in the room are. And the other group of people in the room are lost people who haven't trusted Jesus Christ. And today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. We call him Jesus It's cool for us because we know the end of the story. Can you imagine what it was like for Mary and Joseph? Jesus is about to be born. She's about to go through labor pain. She's about to deliver a baby. And and they're going to call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. And they called his name Jesus. And he saved us from our sin. The question for you today is, what will you do with Jesus? Let's pray. 
Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the way that you work it. Father, it's not my ideas, not my thoughts. Lord, these things are right out of the Bible. They're right what you said for us, and we can run away from it. We can reject it. We can, all kinds of things, Lord, still your word. And one day we're going to be held accountable for it. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's either true or it's bogus. And Lord, we believe it's true. We believe what you have done. We believe what you have said. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. For the follower of Jesus Christ that's in the room today, would we have great courage and boldness and encouragement from understanding who Christ is? And Lord, the one who's here today who's under conviction, they've never trusted Christ, would you bring them to the place of redemption, understanding they need the Savior and turn in simple faith, believe and be saved? It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. God, we thank you for him. Thank you for the truth of what we've heard. Seal it in our hearts that we would passionately live out who we are in Christ Jesus the Lord. We pray these things in his name. Amen.